Floor, the world's first and only NBA podcast, probably. I am your host, Brian Gill, joined as always by the Matt Geiger to my Theo Ratliff, to my co-host, Tobin Hodges. Tobin, how's it going, buddy? It's going pretty good. We are going to talk some NBA here. We missed last week because we were on vacation, which was awesome. I love recording. I love talking about basketball. I also love vacation. Just going to put that out there. Vacation... Vacation is better than recording a podcast. I don't mean to be controversial, but uh, that's... You're much more of a vacation guy than I am. Like, I don't mind vacation, but I'm not, like, chomping at the bit to, like, get out of town and spend money as much as, like, you you are. I don't know why. I like to turn my email off. <laughs> that's okay. A, that's a big... That's fair. That's a big thing for me. Um, I don't do... Bo- here's here's a couple of things about me. I don't do bored. Like, I've, I've never been bored since I was probably like a, since I could drive, you know, like I, I can always find, find ways to fill my time. I have a huge to-do list and projects list that I'm working on, or, you know, like I want to work on this at some point. I can always find stuff to do and to fill my time with never bored. Um, I can't do long vacations really because I get restless. So like the concept of going to an all-inclusive resort or something for seven days, like I, that is where I would get, if not bored, then I would get restless. But like, if I had money, I w- like we would do three-day trips or, or you know long weekend trip kind of things like all the time. I love to be like, cool. I'm not gonna do any of this yeah work stuff, and we're gonna go do this. I can do chill, like quick getaways. Eat. Yeah, I can do. Look, I can do. I can do chill, eat and drink. And enjoy the scenery. I'm not really a beach person, but I, I like to be like near a beach. If, you know that kind of that thing. is the one of the weirdest things about you, by the way. I'm just yeah. you know just putting that out there. But okay, that I don't like beaches, or that that, I can't that you don't like beaches and you don't like water, which is understandable. <laughs> but you also like going to those places because you could, you want to be near it. Like I want to yeah. hear it, but I don't want to see it or feel it. Like it's like the <laughs> I, like one of my favorite things in the entire world is. Like the, the Tobin and I, we went. To, we took our families to San Antonio this weekend. San Antonio is a great three day weekend kind of a, a place to to visit. There's plenty to do. It's not super crazy crowded. There's great food, all this kind of stuff, and you can you can leave after three days and not feel like you you know didn't do something. You know what I mean? Like you missed all this stuff. San Antonio is a great place. We had this Airbnb that was like a huge, like a law, a tall townhouse kind of thing with a rooftop patio. I sat up there both nights that we were there after everybody else went to bed and just like was like kind of looked out over. The- I love that. Like, and so it's the same with the beach. It's the same with the mountains or whatever. It's like one of my favorite things is late night after everybody has gone to bed and just like being able to look out over scenery while have a drink or, you know, <laughs> watch the game on my phone or whatever else and just be in that kind of a different. So it's the same mm-hmm. for the beach. If I, yeah, if I can do that at the beach, I'm happy. Uh, I don't like beach people, so oh, that's yeah. the problem. Yeah, very fair. Beach people. I don't like people. That's that's part of it. Beach people, lake people, kind of the same same boat to me. Um, yeah. But anyway, super off track there, but that's okay. Um, we did not record last week because we were on vacation. We're back this week. We also just finished a marathon recording session with uh, Rank Kings podcast, which will be out probably the same around the same time as this is. So we're maybe a little out of juice. And also we're coming on the heels of a devastating Mavs loss yep. that maybe we'll get into in the last couple minutes of this show. It feels like so. every week at this point, though. So <laughs> The energy's low, is my point. The yeah. energy's low here. Um, we're going to talk about the Philadelphia 76ers. They were on quite a tear. 
Um, and we're going to, we're going to get into, is this real? Is it not real? Do you trust this in the playoffs? All that kind of stuff. So definitely talk about Sixers. We're going to, uh, we're going to look at the play-in in the West briefly because it, by the time this publishes, it'll be different because it changes so frequently. Look at the play in the West, and then we're just gonna we're gonna kind of discuss like what our most fun playoff matchups would look like. I want this team to play that team because it would be fun, um, and that's that's what we're gonna do. And then you know, if we have time for something else, we'll get to something else. Um, but we're gonna do those things. But before we start, Tobin, we lost an NBA legend this week. The great Willis Reed, one of the NBA's top 50, 50 players of all time and then 75 players of all time, uh, passed away this week. And uh, I know it's hard for us, I think, with with players that played, um, you know, before our time. It's, you know, it, I can't with most of these guys when when somebody from the 60s, 70s passes. I can't really it's not like I can be like, yeah, he was great at this. I saw him play, you know, all those sorts of things. Obviously he finished playing. He retired in 1974. So I was born in 1983, you know, I was mm-hmm. negative nine when he passed. He was 80, 80 years old, by the way. Um, Willis Reed is a little bit different because of the, the very famous coming back from the injury that happened in game seven of the 1970 finals mm-hmm. where he'd missed game six, came back in game seven, got two buckets to start the game basically. And then just like gave the Knicks the spark they needed to win that title. And, uh, that is like a huge, that's such a huge part of NBA lore and history. And I don't know if it carries over for like, I don't know if your son is like, yeah, Willis Reed. I remember, I've seen the, the, the footage of, of that, uh, that comeback thing. But for us who are in our late thirties and, and now me and my, my early forties, um, that was like a constant on, uh, like NBA, like you, you got like those VHS tapes, you know, that were like yeah. bloopers and, yeah. and in history kind of things. And, uh, or like, ESPN when they would do like the sports century stuff like this was just like this thing that happened again like 13 years before I was born but I knew everything about it at the time and was like maybe even a little obsessed with like man Willis freaking read like that was like a part of the cultural um like lingo almost for a while like if you mentioned I don't again I don't know if it holds true for like today you know younger generations but for a long time if you said oh he pulled a Willis Reed you know or something like that everybody knew exactly what you were talking about because it was just this huge historical moment and so um, anyway Willis Reed is like a little bit of a different a different legacy kind of guy for us, I think, than, than some of these other great basketball players who played, you know, before we were even somebody like Wes Unseld a couple of years ago when he died, it was like, yeah. Man, I, you know, I don't have, I don't have anything in my brain really beyond just like, Oh, he threw great outlet passes and they won the title when he was a rookie and all this kind of stuff. But like the Willis Reed moment is, is, is huge. Definitely. I think it helps too, that he's kind of like the last person to bring a title to Madison square garden too. So like there's, there's a lot mm-hmm. of that lore that, you know, is carried on by the fact that they've been, you know, not a, not a championship contender for a long time. Yeah. Um, th- that's not a knock on them. It's just, that's just the way it is. I mean, he's like, the, he's, he's a, one of the most beloved Knicks of all time because of what he did. And but compounded with the fact that 
that's the last time they won. So it's it's just so it's a, it's a sad day for New York. And you know, you you mentioned that uh, you know we we just kind of knew that because of VHS tests, tastes like that. I think it's really cool that like the next generations are going to always be able to find footage. Like I mean, I don't think they realize mm-hmm. how lucky they mm-hmm. are that they're not yeah. going to have to get some random like. Uh, sports machine video from what's what what that dude's name? <laughs> uh, oh yeah, man, I can't remember. But yeah, yeah, but you know, it's like it. you 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 catch the you see the same highlights over and over again. Like even like when the last dance came out, like just just yeah. seeing stuff that I had mm-hmm. never seen before in, from an era where you feel like you've seen everything because there was no there's only so much. I feel like in our future, that's going to be everything. It's like you're going to get all the angles all the time, and that's just that's yeah. kind of cool. But also, you know. Scary. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's a great point. It is crazy, like, gosh, to think, like, I'm, I mean, I know I've talked about it previously. You know, we both, we're both Mavs fans. We grew up, you know, very serious Mavs fans during a time when it was a terrible time to be a Mavs fan, similar to now. And the, when Derek Harper got traded to the Knicks, I was just, you know, devastated because it's my hero. And I started rooting for the Knicks as well and would watch any game I could get, you know, I could cut, you know, <laughs> like cut out the box score, you know, the next day in the, the newspaper and all that. I loved the Knicks um, because of Derek Harper. And it is crazy to think, you know, they're in the finals that first year with Harper, which was 94. At that point, <laughs> at that point, 1994, they had not won a title in 21 years. Mm-hmm. And now we're at 50. We're at 50 years this year since the Knicks won a title, which is just, it's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy to be mm-hmm. that team in that market um, with that budget <laughs> in a league where uh, you are always going to have an advantage or you should have an advantage um, in terms of being able to to draw talent and stuff because the NBA more so than the NFL and maybe even MLB to some extent, but certainly more than the NFL, you know, draws players to specific cities and stuff like that. It's freaking crazy that they're, they're 50 years now mm-hmm. without a title, but uh, crazy to think about. Willis Reed was awesome. Um, that team, that Willis Reed, Clyde Frazier, Earl the Pearl, like that was a really... That's a classic, great NBA team. Yeah, uh, and you know, obviously, Willis was a was a huge part of it, huge part of the legacy of basketball. And uh, so, obviously, we're sorry to see him go, and rest in peace, and and our condolences and whatnot to his his uh, family and friends. But uh, it was a great one. He was he was he was a, he was a good one, man. It was a classic guy, mm-hmm. classic guy. So, all right, let's move on. Let's talk about the Philadelphia 76ers, Tobin. Yeah, so they are twelve and tw- they were twelve and twelve on December fifth. They have been thirty six and eleven since then. They're number one in free throws made and free throws percentage. They're number one in three point percentage, and they're number three in opposing three point percentage. But they they're really weird in rebounding. They're twenty seventh in the yeah, league. This but, blew my mind when I saw yeah. this thing. This was kind of a strange deal. But they're also number three in opponents rebounding. So. Uh, just Embiid is just absolutely tearing it up. He's 34, 11 and four, right? Like since the, in the last 15, uh, he's currently the odds on favorite to win MVP. They still are only the fifth best to win the title. And right now they're toting the number four offense and the number six defense. So all of these things I'm telling you, if I were to put this with like, mm-hmm. Hey, this is the, 
this is the Milwaukee Bucks. And you'd be like, heck yeah, let's go. Like this is, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it is the Philly 76ers and, and they, they have a knack for being weird. So I have to ask the question to you. Do you take this seriously? I'm starting to like just look inside baseball. We haven't really talked about Philly too much on the show this year. And that's for a couple of reasons. One, I don't like them. If I'm being honest, I don't enjoy watching Philadelphia play basketball. That's a smaller thing. Um, really it's, it's that it's hard to talk about. It feels like it's, it feels like it's hard to talk about how great Embiid has been without it turning into the MVP conversation, which we don't do Mm -hmm. here. So that's part of it as well. But the bigger thing is just like, they're the, they're, I mean, for me, like far and away, the number one, you know, show me, don't tell me kind of a team Mm -hmm. at this point. And I have never been able to take them seriously. I've always, I mean, going way back, I felt like they're a, they're a paper tiger. Like they're a team that, that is going to fold when it matters the most. And some of that is doc. Some of that is Embiid. Some of that is what was Simmons and now is Harden. You know, they just have a, they have a lot of guys who have failed to prove it, I think over the years. And so, you know, it, it's, you, you can even when they're like having a great run, like they're on right now, you know, I kind of look at it and I'm like, well, but like, is that going to hold in the playoffs? Is that going to come through? And so you brought up the Bucks. I think that's a great comp. Like if, if the Bucks were doing exactly, if they had these exact numbers, the, you know, this team with the, then I'll be like, yeah, I would, I feel very confident in what, in what the Bucks are doing. It's the Sixers. It's just, I'm hope you know for if you're a Sixers fan, you hope that they can um, kind of use that as like chip on their shoulder of nobody, nobody respected us and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But if you're if you're kind of a if you're unbiased or less biased, you I think it's pretty easy to say, hey man, like you, you know, this is your own doing. Like no one believes in you because of the way that you have not taken care of business over the last however many. Yeah. So there's a whole lot of things here that say, well, you know, I'm going to have to see it before I believe it. I think, and I think it's fair to say that they, like to your point, they've done this to themselves. Now it's their turn to just go and rewrite the script. I mean, like, I think we're saying the same things about the Nuggets too, but just not as demonstratively, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, probably because the Nuggets aren't outwardly, like their roster is, is basically been the same, except for people they've brought in, like they've pieced, they've added some like, you know, pieces to help and work around the team. Whereas Philly has kind of like done a full roster change a couple well, of different times. And so can, can I add to that too, yeah. just real quick, the, some of the reasons are Denver has been super injured for the last two plus seasons. Like yeah. this is the year where they're finally healthy. So this, you know, that's part of it. The other part is Philly brings it on themselves with their, with, with Daryl Morey's griping with Embiid's Embiid has done a much better job this year of not griping. I thought he was on that path last year, and then he just spent an entire playoff game sulking because he didn't win the MVP. You know, um, that that organization, and it extends to some degree to their fans, put heat on themselves by by acting 
the way that they act and talking the way that they talk. And that is a major difference between them and, and the Nuggets. So, sorry, carry on. No, and that's, and that's true. There. I, think it, I think you can say that this does feel better this year. Um, I know they had stretches last year where they were incredible. I, it feels different this year in some respects. And it feels, but I think I think you can say that it feels better. It feels different, but then also in one in another breath, say, but hey, also you still have to show us in June, um, because they just they you also you have a notorious per you've you have one that's like on paper notoriously just not a great playoff player in James Harden. You know that that's that's been proven mm-hmm. yeah. time and yeah. time again. And you could make the same argument. Maybe for Joel Embiid, but I, I mean, I think you definitely can. I just I don't think it's as demonstrative as James Harden was in Houston. Um, it's just this one. You really have to just you can acknowledge that what they're doing is awesome, that they are different, and things seem to be going well. But it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like it, it has to it mm-hmm. has to translate to playoff basketball. Um, the other thing that's <clears throat> this is again. We don't talk about them, but for this very reason, because this MVP debate has gotten ridiculous, and it seems like even Embiid has even said, "Like, hey, I'm I'm done. I'm done with this," you know, which is, I guess, the next step in the right direction. But it, he's been awesome, and we have to acknowledge that. And you're right; he has done, for the most part, he seems like he's kind of getting into a more a better headspace right now. But again, mm-hmm. just like the team, you got to show that to me in, in a playoff game. Like you can't let this MVP debate take over your psyche for even one game. Um, the other thing about all of this is they're on a nine and one run right now in their last ten. Mm-hmm. They're still yeah. third in the East. Like yeah. they they still the Bucks have been incredible. Yeah, yeah. and so I mean, that may be fine. The Celtics have not, for what it's worth. But yeah, the Bucks have been great. It may not matter. Like, I mean, seating is only seating is not entirely important if you're top three and you're going to have home court for the first couple of rounds. But it's, you know, you have to like that. That has to be somewhat deflating if you're a Sixers fan. Of we've been ripping through this month, mm-hmm. these last couple of months, and it doesn't seem like they can gain any ground. And to me, that says that you still have a lot of work to do so don't get ahead of yourself i don't think that that's yeah. i don't think that's how it's being portrayed though unfortunately and so i don't know I, I it's just like right now if the if the playoffs were to end you know or to start the day they'd be playing brooklyn in the first round and like brooklyn's definitely worse and definitely a different team now but it's you you have to always ask the question of are the are the Sixers going to show up? Are they going to play? And I, obviously, mm-hmm. they're going to be. I, I think they're going to be. They would be. You know, I'm not trying to say they Brooklyn would beat them by any stretch, but as of right now, if they win the first round matchup, they're playing the Celtics in the second round at that point. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. what has changed in this last year that makes you think? I mean, the Celtics are like like you said, the Celtics are kind of falling back, but they're still the same team. So, like, what what's going to be different this year? Tell me, like, because that's what I want. That's what I want to see. That's what I want to know. Um, I, I I'll say this: uh, we didn't talk about Boston tonight. I don't know. We may bring that up. At, no, let's do. Let's do now. Just just as an aside, because we did talk about the Celtics in our last episode. We do like a deep dive on the Celtics are not very good. No, and they started the year so hot. I think they are a a. I would verge on saying significantly worse team than they were last year. Like the vibes are bad. Um, Tatum has been, look, if you look at the stats, like 
the traditional counting stats, especially like, I mean, he's still averaging like 29 plus and you know, all these things, but since the all-star break, he's been kind of, he's been kind of bad. Maybe kind of is even being a little bit nice. Um, and this is the thing Tatum does. He goes through stretches where he, you know, he, he ebbs and flows a little bit. It's, it's, he's, he's kind of a strange player. Um, he's been pretty bad. Missoula has been terrible. Honestly, he's been pretty terrible. And the play they ran the other night, I think this shows kind of some of the, the issues. I think they're soft this year compared to last year. I don't know what Missoula is doing with Derek White. I mean, that's been a big topic of discussion in, on Celtics Twitter is like, you know, Bill Simmons. I know Bill Simmons, but like if there's one thing he knows, it's the Celtics. It's like Derek White's their third best player. He doesn't play in the fourth quarter like at all. Um, makes no sense. That play against the Jazz the other night, um, where <laughs> they, you know, they're down one or whatever. They stuck Tatum at midcourt. They run this play all the Gosh, time. It was um, so awful, <laughs> so bad. It's just going to be a dribble handoff, and instead they inbound the ball to Grant Williams, and he just decides that he's the captain now, and he drives into. It's like Walker Kessler. Kelly Olenek and Abaji, I think, are the are the guys who are like just surrounding the rim, and he basically doesn't even get a shot up. And then after the game, he had this explainer of like, "Well, they they pre switched, and uh, so I, you know, I knew it." No, dude, you just decided you were, this is your time, and that seems to be brewing too. Uh, I don't, I think Grant Williams is not a likable person, and that is maybe making the locker room a little bit. I, I think there are issues. My point is. I do not think Boston is nearly as good as they were last season. They're not, they like but you still have to get at, get that monkey yes. off. That's that, yes. that's my point. The, like the the hard thing for Philly is they're the three seed. Maybe they end up being the two seed. Um, what's the what's the gap? I gotta look at. That. Yeah, they're only a half game back of Boston right now. Okay, so they're they're definitely, in my opinion, they're. They're pretty locked in there because Cleveland's four games back from Philly right now, and and that's not to say that Cleveland can't catch them, but to me, they they are right now fighting for the t- the two seed with Boston, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and again, they are trending to to pass surpass them, mm-hmm. but that doesn't really matter because you're still going to pull them in the second round in this in this scenario. Yeah, so it's just a matter of do you have home court or not. We're going to talk playoff matchups here in 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 a bit, and maybe this is kind of how we can segue into it, but. Um, Matchups matter. I, this, I know you get this. I I know that people get this. I know that people get this. But it, it, when I listen to a podcast, especially when I listen to podcasts over the course of a season, I I feel like, <laughs> I feel like sometimes this is being left out of the conversation. Um, matchups matter in the NBA more than anything else when it comes mm-hmm. to the playoffs. It's, it is all about the matchup unless you're the warriors from, you know, the, the Durant warriors or the Jordan bulls or something like that. It's which we don't have. We don't have a, tr- we don't have a truly dominant team right now. And that is not to say that the best teams that the bucks could not beat anybody, you know, they're, I, I think they they remain the odds on favorite because uh, they are the most likely to me to be able to play any style about any to be able to beat any team that they that they match up with. Um, if the Sixers catch the Nets in the first round, like 
That is such a win. But what could happen, the flip side of that is they could catch the Heat in the first round. And I'm not saying that I would pick the Heat over the Sixers. I might, but I'm not saying that necessarily. I am saying that is a very difficult matchup for the Sixers in round one. Round two, Sixers-Celtics would be really interesting to see how that goes. Um, Matchup-wise, I don't know. I'd have to really think that one through and kind of see where that plays out because it's it feels like yeah. you're comparing and to your not point, this year, but like this year to history and stuff like that. Yeah, and to your point, the the Celtics team is different this year, and they have a different coach too. Like they have a, they have yeah. a rookie coach, and so that big that time. will make a difference. A as much difference. as Doc yeah. kind of chokes in the playoffs, like he like he's still a veteran coach that's been around for a long time. So yeah, for yeah. sure. The, but the flip side of that is, I think that they match up better against the Bucks than anybody else in the Eastern mm-hmm. Conference, and so you know, <laughs> there's a world where Maybe they drop where to the four. The, <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know, but like That's dangerous, more, yeah. but maybe the deal is, I mean, look, look, this is how it could go. You could see the Sixers catch the Nets in round one and the Celtics catch the heat in round one. And that is, that gets dangerous for the Celtics. And I mean, I don't think anyone's scared of the heat winning the title, but they're the, the team that I think is, is kind of lurking as like, God, we don't want to play them in the first round. That's going to really suck. Um, there's a world where they get they catch the Nets and they make the Celtics have to deal with the the Heat for for a series, and then maybe later they catch the Bucks too. I guess there's still a world even which in which they they get the one seed, which yeah. is great because whoever gets the one seed gets a almost a free pass to the second round because uh, Atlanta, Chicago, and Toronto, Toronto, yeah, are not good basketball teams. So um, anyway, I. To kind of wrap up the Sixers, and then we can kind of move into to the play-in and, and, you know, what's to come as far as the matchups and stuff. I The hard thing with them is, like, everybody has a bad night, I know. Um, <laughs> their game against the Bulls a couple nights ago, now they beat the, they, they clobbered the Bulls tonight, but two, two nights ago they played the Bulls, they lost in double overtime, and James Harden went full James Harden again in that game, by which I mean... I'm not sure that he had all his faculties about him. I mean, it was, it, 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 it looked like maybe he wasn't well. Um, you know, let's, let's leave it at the, maybe he had a good night the night before, um, or like up to one hour before tip off or something. But, and that's always going to be lurking. I think anytime you watch the Sixers in the playoffs, you're always going to be thinking Doc Rivers has blown more three, <laughs> one leads than any, any other coach in history. And, Joel Embiid has kind of fallen apart and just decided to sulk on some of these these grand stages. And James Harden is one of the most notorious chokers that we have and in the NBA currently. Speaking of Harden, the narrative is already out there that he's out this year, and that like he's wh- going to Houston. When yeah, when is that? Because you know, yeah. if they go down like two one or right. tied up, yeah. like that's immediately yeah. going to be like a, a locker room narrative. That's, so absolutely, that's a great point, and that because that's always been one of the problems with Harden. It's not the talent. It's even choking, quote unquote, we like we overrate. It's the do you have let's just be let's just be real. Do you have the balls when it comes down to it? Do you care enough about this when it comes down to it when things are difficult? When you get to a two one deficit that you're, you know, in a series that you expected to win, or even just like you know, we won the first game, they they kind of whooped us the second game and and then do you care enough to make this happen when when everyone believes that you're going to Houston this summer? I mean, it's it's 
it's a, it's a, if, I guess my whole point is like is just I'm not out on this team. I'm more in on this team than I've ever been before in the Embiid era. In, in, in Embiid era, I, I think if there's a Sixers team that is going to uh, make a real run to the finals. This is the team. I think they have yeah. the pieces. Embiid has been better than ever before. Harden is quietly having a great season. You know, he's not scoring, but he's leading the league in assists and he's doing it in the and the 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 duo that that pick and roll duo is insane and Maxi's been great. Tobias Harris has had a great last couple of months. Um not necessarily out of nowhere, but like, you know, he's 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 really come along and they have, they have a lot of like kind of nice rotation pieces. I still feel like they maybe should have done one more thing at the deadline to bring in somebody who could really help. I don't think that McDaniels has really been that, but um, regardless they have, this is the team. If it's going to happen, this is the team, but they're always going to be in, in a mode where I'm not going to believe it until you do it Mm -hmm. because of the history that they have, they have shown off mm-hmm. over, over the last few seasons. So. Well, so let's stay in the East. We're about to move to the West and talking about the crazy play in race and then like the playoff matches that we want to see. But let's ask the question in the East because I feel like it's a little bit easier and there's less to talk about. Mm-hmm. What are the playoff matches that you want to see in the East? I'll, I'll start with mine. Um, but let me ask. I was a weird way yeah. to ask that. Let me start with mine and no, I'm going to ask you. To me, there's only like, there's only one super intriguing one that. I want to see, and it's. I think we're going to get it, and it's the Cavs versus the Knicks. I think that's going to be a blast, mm. and it's the Mitchell versus the team that you know everybody thought he was going to go to. It's the Brunson effect. Um, to me, that's the most intriguing playoff matchup that I want to see. Um, if I if I were to choose another one, <laughs> I, <laughs> I it's I don't think it's going to happen. I would love to see the Knicks slide down to six and play the Sixers in the first round because I think that that would be wild and just mm. great television for a lot of reasons for that for a lot of reasons we just talked about too. Um, mm. Those are the two ugly basketball, but yeah, those are the yeah. T- yeah yeah those are the two like first round matchups that are not you know because like because you're right the seven the seven eight seed whoever gets that it's like the the mm-hmm. heat obviously could do some damage but maybe not win but whoever gets the eight seed is just it's just a you know it might as well be a bye week at that point so uh what are the playoff matchups that you want to see in the first round in the east i think that Cavs nick series that you're you're right like that's almost that feels like almost a certainty that that's going to happen uh Cavs are seven back of the lead, but four four back of the three seed. And the Knicks then are four back of the Cavs. Only two up on Brooklyn, but I don't know. I and and the Heat. But yeah, that that that's gonna be an interesting matchup. Um that feels like a game where you could have just wild swings from game to game of of the Knicks scored 75 points today. I don't know. Yeah. They look terrible. Yeah. And then the next game, they bust yeah. out and score. Donovan Mitchell scored 75 points today. Like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It feels like it could be some pretty wild swings. I think that would be a lot of fun. I can't decide if I want Miami against Philly or Boston. I'm not. I, Miami this season has not been, not gone great. And like I've said a million times, I have zero faith that they can win three or four playoff series, but I also have, I have a fair amount of faith that they can win a playoff series. And so I don't, I can't decide which one would be a more fun. (laughs) 
I don't like Boston or Philly. So from a, pe- a petty standpoint, it's, I don't know. I, I, I just want I guess I, the, my deal is, and this is for sure going to happen, I think at this point, but I, I'm interested to see which of those two teams in Miami draws and then like what kind of hell they can put that team through. So I don't know. Which do you prefer? Do you want Miami to play Philly or Boston? I, I think Miami could, could really get in Boston's head. And I think that mm-hmm. that would be more funny because like we, we expect Harden and Embiid to kind of get in their own heads. You know, <laughs> I think, Someone doing that to Boston would be more funny and also create the path for the Bucks to just walk into the finals too. <laughs> so Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I, I think it would be entertaining regardless, but for me it's probably just to see what see the stuff that they could do to basically isolate Tatum and Brown and then like that could you know because that's also going to ripple effect into the Grant Williams mm-hmm. aspect of it and the Jalen Brown and all his comments that he's been making <laughs> lately yeah so yeah to me like that's that has the most potential for to be like crazy catastrophic storylines so that's what I'm going with I think I would prefer at the end of the day I think I'd rather have Brooklyn play Boston and just pitch all of those wings against Tatum and Brown uh, knowing that Boston will be heavily favored in that series and the, and, and should be, uh, and then have, I don't know. I think Bam versus Embiid and Butler versus Harden is a little more interesting than, than Miami going up against Boston. Plus you have Jimmy who, you know, left Philly and all that kind of, I don't know. I think that could be, that could be an interesting, interesting matchup. The rest of it in the East is yeah, it's pretty. Cavs Knicks should be fun. I mean, Milwaukee's getting a free pass to the second round. Whoever they end up yeah. playing, all those teams are crap. So, uh, yeah, that's so. That's I don't know. Let's move on to the there. West because oh. this is where it seems like every year, like it's not really like a the West is better than everybody thing, but it's it's still wild. Like it used to be like the West is just the supreme conference. Now it's like. Hey, they may not be the supreme conference, but they're they're the craziest. So, the Nuggets are the one seed by three and a half games at this point. Uh, the Grizzlies are three and a half games back, and the Kings have kind of solidified into the three seed, which is still very wild to say out loud. Um, <laughs> so, we're basically looking at this four through twelve of. I guess you could theoretically throw Portland in. So we'll, we'll, cause they're not officially eliminated yet. Like the Spurs and Rockets. Um, basically it starts at Phoenix and the four seed and it goes all the way down to Portland and the 13 seed. And it separates all within six and a half games. Uh, the Clippers are the five seed right now, but they also just lost their second best player for mm-hmm. at least, mm-hmm. I think at least the regular season. Yeah. The, yeah. um, the thing about um, the, his knee came out today, and it was basically like we're going to reevaluate him. It was I think it was nine days they said, or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. So no, sorry, it was hey, nine. Sorry, say, nine that, games. That, yeah. I, I didn't watch. He's it. out for the rest of the regular season. That that is a. I saw a couple people like, oh, it didn't look that bad. I I disagree. I thought his knee, like a hyperextension, really sucks. Like it feels terrible. Very, I mean, like obviously the lowest level of of uh, comparison here. Like, I broke my elbow really badly one time, about twelve, thirteen years ago, and it's miserable. It still gives me problems. All this kind of stuff. 
I hyperextended my other elbow maybe five years ago, and it's the worst pain I've ever been in in my life. Like, I thought, I thought that I was gonna like reach down and the bone was gonna be out of my my arm. Like, it was the worst pain I've ever been in. And then it was fine three days later. Like it, it's it's this weird thing. So like hyperextension is not the end of the world, but the the way that his knee turned into me was really. I thought that was going to be torn everything because of the way that that I know you didn't watch it because you can't handle nope. that stuff. But it it wasn't to me. It didn't look like just hyperextension, and maybe it's just like I'm 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 not getting a clear picture of it. But I thought his knee turned in as well, and that would have been. Like we might be talking about, he maybe he'll come back in 2024 if that had been what I what I thought it looked like at the time. But anyway, um, yeah, they, they they he's out for the regular season, and then we'll see from there for sure. Yeah, I yeah I don't know, man. Like I just that that seemed like they were just trying to give hope to the team and also like just kind of kick the can down the road and see where it is. But yeah, um, Golden State is the sixth seed. They won tonight. Uh, they, they're kind of the team, the team now where like, you can't really count out what they're doing because they're golden state. Uh, and then we get to the play in part right now. It's Minnesota in the seven Oklahoma city in the eight, which is wild. Uh, Dallas is now in the ninth spot and Utah is in the 10th spot with the Lakers, Pelicans and trailblazers bringing up the outside the play in yikes. That's a lot. Um, you know the Mavs were like I think they were they ended up the night the other day like the five seed, and now they've dropped back to the nine seeds. Like it really it literally changes every day, and it's just it's wild. Yeah. Uh, I guess the first question I'm going to ask you. Let's do this. Tell me what do you think is the like I mean, you don't have to give me predictions, but like where do you think this shakes out? And then let's talk about playoff matches in the West that we want to see. I think Utah is the one that misses out. Utah and New Orleans are eventually because Utah has the most vested interest in not making the playoffs anyway. Um, Portland is done. I don't. I mean, they're three and a yeah. half back. I know they won tonight, but I don't. I don't care. Um, I think Pelicans are a disaster too. I, I, so I think those are the two that that fall out of this thing at the in the end of uh, end of it all. I have no idea how the. <laughs> how it all shakes out in terms of who gets what spot. Um, because really look right now, as we sit, Phoenix is 10 is, is the four seed and they're 10 and a half back. <laughs> Utah and new Orleans are tied for the 11th seed. So out of all of this mm-hmm. and they're 13 and a half back, that's a three game difference between mm-hmm. home court advantage in the playoffs and not making the play in tournament. I mean, I know we said this at the outset of the season that like this is this is what it's going to be that every game is going to be is going to matter down the stretch of the season but like good gracious we we really you are really seeing that in action at this point. Again though, matchups are the thing that matters. And so <laughs> you know, I like <laughs> you could tell me there's there isn't a team in here. I think OKC here, here's here's maybe what I'm a little bit getting at. So Phoenix will get KD back at some point, but I don't think it will happen during the regular season. Yeah. You're hopeful that it's, he's ready for the first round if you're a Phoenix man. 
the Clippers now have lost their second best player. So, and there's, you know, they're very deep, but you know, there's, Mm -hmm. there's no reinforcement coming on that front. I think we've all been waiting for Golden State to finally become Golden State again. But Um, here's a side, quick sidebar on that is the Suns, obviously no one is ever happy about an injury, but the Suns kind of lucked into, I, I think borderline locking in home, home court because the Clippers were, you know, the Clippers were kind of charging on them. That's a huge blow to that, and then the Warriors. We just don't really know, but to me, that's the Suns. That was a that was a gift for the Suns because now they can just kind of mm-hmm. sit there and yeah. on that home court and then wait for KD to get healthy, which is which is huge. Yeah, you know, Warriors are finally. I mean, they've won two road games in a row for the first time all season. <laughs> um, they're maybe they're nine about and twenty nine on, on the road. Man, they haven't won yeah. double digits yet. It's weird. Gosh, it's really weird. Minnesota got Cat back tonight. And, and won a game. Um, that was huge. The Thunder are just the most, like, it's like they don't know that they're not supposed to be good kind of team. And, and look, they're I, we joke about the Thunder all the time. They're incredibly talented. They have so much mm-hmm. young talent. And guys that I really actually love watching. I love Jalen Williams. I love Josh Giddey. Um, I love SGA to, to a certain extent. You know, they've got all these guys. Um, and... They could still you could you could still conceivably see they could catch two losses in the next couple of games, you know, and then you might see, you know, Presty being like, hey, maybe, you know, maybe it's time for us to lose a couple of these games, that kind of thing. Who knows what's going to happen with with LeBron and the Lakers, although they've been on a really good run lately. I mean, but you say that and they're six and four in their last Mm -hmm. 10, you know, so if you look up and down this list. Really, even I mean, you can go all the way to the top. Denver last ten five and five. Memphis seven and three. Sacramento six and four. Phoenix five and five. Clippers five and five. Warriors four and six. Timberwolves five and five. The outlier Oklahoma City eight and two. Dallas four and six. Lakers six and four. Utah four and six. New Orleans five and five. You know what I mean? It's like this is freaking crazy. Yeah, nobody it's nobody crazy. wants it right now. <laughs> It's it's a wild thing. Um, it is one of the reasons why, as much as the Mavs have given me, and we'll save Mavs time for maybe the last couple minutes, but as much as the Mavs have given me no hope or faith in the team for the entire season, um, they're the only one to me that I can look at. Maybe now the Cat's back, maybe that changes things too, but like you can see having been, have, they haven't had Luka and Kyrie basically for the entire time that Luca and Kyrie have both been on the same team. Like Luca came back tonight and Kyrie's out with his toe injury. And uh, yeah, they played a couple games together, but and then Maxi Kleba and I know, look, it's Maxi Kleba. If you're not a Mavs fan, you're like, who gives a rip about Maxi Kleba? The Mavs care about Maxi Kleba because there's no ability to defend literally anyone without Maxi on the, on the, the floor. He misses a couple games when, when Kyrie and Luca are finally together. My point is, there's a world in which the Mavs run off like an eight and two in the next, their last 10 games, something like that. Um, and there's a world in which they go three and seven too. So like, I'm, you know, I don't know, but I, I maybe we'll get the win back from tonight since we're protesting <laughs> it. So yeah, let's talk about that in a second, but Lakers are coming strong and, and all of these teams, it's, it's, it, the plan has worked. I kind of hate it. Cause my team is the one that's in the mix for all this crap and that, that frustrates me because really you'd like to be able to to kind of position yourself a little bit. Yeah. Um, because again, when we talk about matchups, the Mavs have been 
pretty bad for the majority of of the last couple of months. If you match up a healthy Mavs team against a healthy Grizzlies team, I'll take the Mavs in that series personally. And um, because <laughs> matchups are a huge part of this whole thing. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it all plays out. I don't, I have no, there's, I have no ability to even like prognosticate of who ends up where. And okay. How give me, give me two series just, that you want to see though, that you want to see in the first round. <sighs> I want I want I I just from a pure basketball aesthetic standpoint I think Mavs Kings is fun. And either one of those te- I, I that might be I might be like signing my own team's death warrant on that. I don't know cuz there's no way the Mavs can defend the Kings like at all, but I don't know that the Kings can defend the Mavs either. So those those games like legitimately could be 140 to 135 kind of games, mm-hmm. which would be, should be pretty fun. Lakers Kings would kind of be a fun, like historical matchup too. Um, Paul George being out is kind of a bummer for Phoenix late Clippers. Like that could have been a fun matchup. And now it feels like less and KD too. Obviously that feels like less of a fun matchup. Um, I I think, I mean, for the for the drama, Golden State Memphis is fun. Um, for Clay and Dylan Brooks going back and forth and everything, that would be a blast. That's probably where I'd land. I I don't foresee that necessarily happening. Well, I guess my Memphis could end up as a three. Yeah. So what? Anyway, Memphis Memphis Golden State Mavs Kings would probably be my my picks, and then the rest can kind of sort itself out because the Clippers that would be are the most fun without sure. PG. I think now I want Suns Warriors first round with KD back. I think that would be wild. Okay. That could be fun too. Yeah. And could that also could like I'd I'd love for them to knock off the Suns in the first round after all the pundits just like, oh, they're the favorites now. Mm-hmm. So that that's yeah. selfishly, I think that would be hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. That could be a good time. <laughs> this I think this would be so much fun and it's so stupid. And I don't think I, I, I could be way off base here. I think if the Thunder snuck in as a seven seed and got the Grizzlies, I think that would be a really fun, like, just energetic, you know, mm-hmm. I think they would be a lot of trash talking. I think there'd be a lot of young kids making stupid decisions and getting into getting stupid technicals. And yeah. I think it could be a really fun series. And I, I don't know. I could be, I don't know. I could be way off base, but I think it'd be really fun to watch. Um, there's a world, too, where the Lakers sneak into an eight seed, and mm-hmm. make the Nuggets, you know, get a little worried. <laughs> so I think that could be fun too. But yeah, I think I think Suns Warriors four or five would be would be fantastic. And I think I'm with mm-hmm. you. I think I think you're right. I think Memphis Golden State would be a blast as well. Yeah, yeah, that would be that would be great television. Um, and <clears throat> you know the yeah, I'd be I'd be interested to see how that how that plays. I feel bad a little bit for the Nuggets because. Whoever, unless Utah just goes on a burner in the play-in or something, like whoever they catch in the in the eight seed is, it's not an easy out. It's it's not going to be pl- it's not going to be fun. It's not yeah, it's be not a it's not series. the Bucks getting you know a yeah G League team. Yeah. So the if the Bucks get the Raptors, that could you you could talk me into that being a series. You know, you could talk me into that being kind of physical and not a fun time for the Bucks, but. 
but anyone else, the Hawks, the Bulls, uh, the Nets, even if the Nets drop down that far, mm-hmm. whoever else, like I don't, I don't think that it is a series at all. The Nuggets, man, whoever they catch, that's. I mean, I was listening to a podcast today that was like, <laughs> that said if they're healthy, they'd take the Mavs over the Nuggets in the first round, and I was like, I don't know that I would go that far, but I think the point is it would not be super easy way to <laughs> to go into the playoffs after having this great season and getting the one seed that kind of sucks. And you're you're totally right with the Lakers too. Like I the Lakers are a little bit like the heat to me now where it's like they have I have no fear of the Lakers going on a title run here even if LeBron came back, but they've settled it like the moves that they made at the deadline were great moves. Vando is awesome and Beasley's been pretty good and it's cleared out space for Austin Reeves to just mm-hmm. be the 12th best $50 million dollar NBA, man he's about to know? be apparently. <laughs> yeah, which is crazy. Um, I miss on that guy a lot, by the way. I, I watched the tape of him at Oklahoma. I was like, no, this is not an NBA player. And I'm, I'm very wrong on that. Um, yeah, like they're a little bit like the Heat in that I don't think they can win four rounds of the playoffs, but they, they could beat just about anybody in the first round, and it would not be a fun time <laughs> to, to catch that, so. Feel bad for the Nuggets on that. Yeah. Feel bad for the Nuggets. So, we- all right, let's close this with like a, I don't know. Give me the sound, sound the buzzer. Play the best thing about Mavericks basketball right now is our our theme song, and then let's let's do a a very quick five minute Mavs time. Yeah. Oh, Mavs time. All right, buddy. I don't want to. <laughs> this. It's been a. This is up there with the most frustrating seasons I've I've ever been in, uh, been through with this team. We'll we'll do a full post mortem at some point um, in the upcoming weeks, probably sooner than later. Unfortunately, <laughs> <Yeah>. <sighs> this has been a tough one, man. This is it. It feel does it just feel like nothing can go right at this point to you? Because that's what it feels like to me. It's just like there's nothing that can go right on this thing. I mean, in some ways, like you want to look at this and be like, look, there's things out of their control. Like there's injuries or stuff. But to me, the reason why it's disheartening is that it, I wasn't on this. I wasn't on this opinion until about halfway through the year. It it just feels like everything goes back to poor coaching and poor preparation. Like even with injuries, like there's just things that are happening. That's just like, you know, why is this guy not playing whenever this guy is out? And why, Mm -hmm. why do we Mm -hmm. have, you know, why does every fourth quarter look look like we play, you know, like we're playing a world-class team versus they, you know, a JV team. It just, I I don't know, man. Like I keep going back and forth on do, do what I rather just put myself out of the, out of misery of this year and just be like (laughs) an automatic, like the first play in loss and just be done or like, you know, but the thing, like you even said it earlier in the episode, like there's a world where they could go on a, on a run and be a dangerous low seed team because they're not a on paper. They're not a typical as at the moment, nine seed. Like they just haven't, mm-hmm. they haven't mm-hmm. been able to put together their team the way they want to, but that's also because of their idiot coaching staff. Right. So yep. even if they do have all their team there, this idiot coaching staff is not going to be able to do what I think they need to do. So I don't know, man, I'm, I'm pretty dark about it at the moment. Like I'm just kind of like at this point, this I, I said this a, a lot about like tech football coaches for a while of 
I I don't want to go seven and five and win a bowl game. I want to go three and nine, suck and fire the coach <laughs> so we can move on and get a better coach or at least a different coach. And that's kind of where I'm at. <laughs> My only problem with that is well, two problems is yeah, who is, do you get? <laughs> you. <laughs> The Luca wants out thing. If you miss the playoffs this year, or you you bounce out really early or whatever. That becomes a that becomes a real talking point. Whether Luca actually even feels that way or not, like that is a thing that we will be dealing with as fans of this team, um, because that's the way that that you know NBA media and Twitter and stuff works. And I don't want to deal with that. And the other the other part is just frankly it's still the same owner and <laughs> the owner. I feel like I held on to my Mark Cuban stock as it were a lot longer than, than most people did because um, even me a little bit more than you even cause, cause the couple of years older that I am uh, over you are a couple years where the Mavs won zero games, you know? And so I remember what really bad ownership is like and um, I've always sort of sided with Q up to the last year, year and a half. I've sided with Cuban even when there's maybe been evidence to the contrary of as far as like the, the good that he is doing. Um, I think we're well past that point now. It, 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 it shows, I think, that the some of the decisions that have been made over the last couple of years go back to the owner, not to the GM, not to the coach. The coach is a major problem. I really, at this point, am at a place where I'm like, I just, I think Steve Clifford's probably a worse coach. That might be it. Like, I just, there's, on a nightly basis, some of this is the bias of, like, you're looking for it at this point. I fully acknowledge that. But, like, on a on a nightly basis... I can point to the coaching and say these were major errors made by a coach who doesn't know what he's doing and who never learns from his mistakes. Just never, never seems to learn and stay stubborn and stuck in the same things. I think I've said this before and, and you, you and I both have kind of reiterated this. It's not that the team is is not very good. It's not that the team is losing. It's not... All these things happen. Like you make mistakes. Every team makes mistakes in the team building process and the coaching process and the execution, all that kind of stuff. It's that they have just continually made the most obvious mistakes, like stuff that you and I, who just two dummies sitting, you know, in our home offices watching these games should not be able to say, well, that's a mistake. Like before they happen, not like, not in hindsight, like in the moment say, what are we doing here? This is a terrible idea. Um, that's a nightly thing at this point with, with the maps. And in the last two games, these are two huge games. Um, they're up 16 against Memphis in Memphis in the late third quarter and end up losing that game. And they scored not, I think, you know what? They ended up with 12 because of free throws at the end, but when it mattered, they scored nine points in the fourth quarter. No Luca, okay, but like Kyrie's there. Jaden Hardy is <laughs> the second best player on the court. Um, and in the midst of all those things, the rotations were weird. The Grizzlies were just assaulting Davis Bertans 
whoever whoever Bart Bertans was on, it was like, cool, it's your time to score a bucket, you know? Um, get him out of the game. You can't do this. The the failures to take a timeout when you need to take a timeout has happened for the entire season. Um there doesn't seem, as you mentioned, like the preparation seems bad on a nightly basis. Um, and then the execution comes along with that. You know, tonight, I don't know how much you can lay at the feet of, of the coaching staff tonight. It was a real bummer to go from Luca's coming back. We're finally going to have the whole team together to actually Kyrie's going to sit out again with his toe and Hardaway's sick. This, like, whatever illness he has is like, I don't know. He's been on the injury report for a week and a half with a non-COVID related illness. It's just, it's just, it's pretty brutal. You just, I I just would like to see the whole team together for five games and see if that, if something can happen in there. But to, you know, maybe to the point, it can't because it's still the same guy calling the shots. And uh, look, we're going to have a, we're going to have a Luka conversation probably at the end of the season. Um, there's some stuff there that needs to be worked out, but this is what you get with Kyrie Tobin. Like it, 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 I'm not, I'm not, I'm not questioning his toughness. I'm not, it's not even like a, stuff. it's not even like a personality thing at this point. It's just like he, he is, yes. it, it's, he, ha, he is, he's injury prone. He has, he's little t- Nicky yes. knack injury prones. Like, like all the time. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's, it's a, you know, it's a constant thing. And this is, this goes back to, I don't know. This is the pros and cons of, of acquiring a player of his talent for the price that they paid and acknowledging that you could not get a great, you could not get a superstar player at that price if he did not have significant baggage. Well, you know, the baggage for off the court stuff is, is significant. And so far that hasn't been a problem here in Dallas. But if you subtract that stuff, if, if you took all of that stuff out of his career, you still would have you still would be faced with a player who misses you know one out of every six games basically and again I'm not questioning his toughness I'm just saying he's a very injury prone player and it seems like small injuries linger um, and prevent him from playing and you know this team is not good enough or deep enough or talented enough to not have Luca and Kyrie both out there with. All of the all of the players that they have on this team need to be healthy in order for this team to have a chance of of winning games against you know good decent teams, let alone good teams. Um, so you know they're going to file this protest. They're going to lose. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you can look it up. The refs, the the Mavs did not lose the game tonight because of the refs. It's it's when you get two free points. And then you end up losing when, when you when when the other team gets two free points, I should say, and you end up losing by two points um, because of just ref incompetence. That's a really tough pill to swallow. But I say this as somebody who complains about the refs all the time. You did not lose that game because of the referees. You mm-hmm. lost the game because you cannot defend the most basic pick and roll coverage. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> anyway, uh, and missed shots when they when they really mattered um you know it's i i'm 99 sure they will lose this yeah because uh, there's no way that the nba is going to be okay with admitting just like oh yeah, yeah let's let's uh let's go back and p- replay this one like they yeah. don't do that they don't yeah 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 look it all goes to i i as a referee hater um 
I've enjoyed the last few few weeks where it has seemed like it has become sort of a mainstream thing to talk about. Not complaining about individual games and and individual calls made within the game because those are always going to be wrong. They're always going to have lots of mistakes and those things. We always understand that just the overall quality or lack thereof of officiating has become like a topic of conversation amongst like real media members, not me. And I like that because I think that's the only way that this starts to get fixed is that we acknowledge there's a major problem with what we're dealing with on a night to night basis with this group of officials. They're not good. And if, if, is it that they're not trained? Well, is it that, um, they are just, (laughs) you know, they just stubborn. Um, is it that they are not talented enough to do this job? Is it that we're not putting them in a position where they can succeed? What is it? What is the deal? Is it a combination of all these? Yeah. I'm about to say yes. Um, All of that. Yeah. Exactly. Is it is it that Scott Foster is still in the NBA despite being really super tied to Tim Donahue? You know, I don't, I don't know. It, 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 there's a lot of things that need to be addressed, and it probably doesn't get addressed with fans like me pissing and moaning about the refs. It only gets addressed when the players are more direct about it, and the coaches are more direct about it, and then the media picks up mm-hmm. on it and starts to acknowledge this has been very, very bad for the last couple of seasons. Not we're making mistakes. Like we are literally incompetent at our jobs. And so maybe that eventually turns into um, something getting fixed. But the only time I can ever remember a, a formal complaint uh, petition being granted is when like a player was uh, erroneously fouled out <laughs> You know, like mm-hmm. he got counted as a sixth foul, but it was his fifth foul or the reverse of that of somebody. I believe it was Shaq one time. Yeah. The Hawks yeah. was able to continue playing a game, even though he had received his sixth foul. And they ended up replaying the last like 18 seconds of that game or something like that. Um, I can't imagine that this is going to turn into the Mavs and Warriors have to replay the last uh, 15-ish minutes of <laughs> of the game or anything. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know that this will come to anything or I'm pretty sure it won't come to anything, but this is a legitimate gripe. Like Cuban drives me crazy with all his whining about the refs and stuff. I don't think it helps. Usually this is a legitimate gripe, but it's not going to come to anything and it's not the reason they, they lost the game. So yeah, um, for sure. All that said, Tobin, you get Hornets, Hornets, Pacers in the next three. Um, if you don't win all three of those games, you might as well just bench everybody and move into maybe we'll get lucky in the lottery, to be honest. Um, yeah, I mean, because like it, our, guy, our pick is top 10 protected at this, and at this point. I'd rather give up two seconds and then have a 10 pick, you know, and it's, it's yeah, 100%. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, it, it, you got to win those games and then, you know, we'll see what happens. They, they play the Sixers and the Kings on the road in their last nine games, but they also get the Bulls the Hawks and the Spurs in addition to this three game stretch of Hornets, Hornets, Pacers. So, you know, and if they're able to get Kyrie, back, if they are able to play with their, their full team for five, 10, five, eight games, whatever, there's a world in which we come back to, when we look at the playoff seating, we say, well, th- that's where they, they clinched, whatever. That's where they got to the level that they were capable of getting to, which may be the six seed mm-hmm. or maybe, fighting for the 10 seed. I don't know, yeah. but uh, yeah, starting to feel a little snake pit. We'll talk about, we'll, we'll maybe we'll do one more Mavs time, like full Mavs time this season um, before we do like a postmortem at the end of the season. But uh, anyway, that was a, uh, 
Thanks for listening to that. And you know what? Thanks for listening to all this. Thanks for being here. If you like what you heard, tell a friend. Bring your basketball buddies around to listen to this podcast. It helps us greatly to carve out a little space in this very cramped podcast market. And leave us a five-star rating and a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. And in that review, tell us the most obscure or random NBA jersey that you own or have owned in the past. And we like to read those out at the end of the show. We'll be back next week talking about more hot, fresh NBA stuff in your ears. And until then, stay hard,